This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy Woo! and sadness oh. and anger. Ah. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. Ah. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. Ah. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's gonna be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome to What's Your Deal with Ariana Lenarski, the show where I read tarot for special guests to find out how they got here and where they're going. And today we have with us Will Hines. Greetings. <laughs> That's me. Hello, Ariana. Star of stage. Yep. Screen. Sometimes. Sometimes screen. Sometimes screen, yeah. And uh, other podcast, podcast celeb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah a little, little minor podcast celeb. Well, yeah. that's downplaying yourself, I think. It's hard to know. It's hard to know where when one the, ranks. In the podcast world. Yeah, yeah. Depends on your perspective. Um, and you are a... I actually... You had me come on a podcast to read tarot. Yes, that's right. For um, Don't Get Me Started. Yeah. I was which a, is your podcast. Yep. I had a podcast called Anthony Don't King. Get Me Started with my friend Anthony King. And it was one of these like deep dive podcast where you get someone to come on to talk about something they're passionate about we that's that you're not doing for a living you know people's avocations mm -hmm. and uh yeah you were talking about tarot this is a couple of years ago yeah and um yeah you came on and read tarot and talked about it and it was really fun yeah i feel like you were someone who maybe watched me slowly get more and more into yeah that tarot. was like that was like in your first new love phase of it I think yeah like you've done so much of more of it since then uh but you were like kind of relatively newly obsessed yes like it had washed over you pretty fully but not that long before mm -hmm. yeah although I'm sure you were doing it and and having a relationship with it for a long time but it was like starting to take over yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was, uh, it was fun what did you think of that do you remember did you think anything about it um, I remember liking it. Tarot is definitely something where I, as a younger man, I would like scoff at it, you know, mm -hmm. maybe scoff's kind of harsh, but that, that that's, you know, skeptical person in general of all things, you know, spiritual basically. And certainly, certainly like, um, the stuff that makes tarot kind of just fun on a surface level would make me when I was, this is like, again, when I'm younger, cock an eyebrow, like, you know. Ast 
astrology, star charts, scents and essences, and there's like a whole <laughs> realm of things that, but then when I got older, like my mid thirties, I chilled out and was just like, well, why don't you just try to see it through other people's eyes, you know, and like enjoy it and not act like you have it all figured out. And, do you, uh, and do you that, think it has anything to do with living on the East Coast? Yeah, the East Coast. You grew up in I grew up in Connecticut, Connecticut and then I lived in New York City for like 17 years. And that's definitely like a uh, be smart, you know, show the world that you are smart and you can handle it kind of place. You know, defenses up, be above it. Like New York is great at that, you know, be above it. Yeah, one of my favorite jokes, I think it's a tweet of somebody's. I wish I could credit them, but I can't. But it's something like, you know, LA person says like, the moon will wax perfectly in a crescent at exactly 3.22 a.m. And then the East Coast person says, I would kill God with a rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's like tons of e ego and pride. I mean, there's a good side to it too. I loved New York City because it like celebrated being smart and, you know, knowing stuff and being intellectually engaged like it was do you fun. think la has is full of stupid people um <laughs> kind of like not full that's not true i i think there's like a there's tons of super incredibly smart people it's it's i think that it allows stupid people to hang out in a way that <laughs> new york city they can't survive mm. like dumb people can't survive in manhattan it's too expensive it's too complicated it's too rushed and so you, you kind of can't be stupid and handle the day-to-day -day of New York City too much. I mean, I'm sure it happens, but it's really hard to. Whereas in L.A., you could be stupid. You could figure it out, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like you're allowed to be. Um, Do you think you've gotten stupider? Because uh, you've been here for five years. Five years, yeah. I've definitely gotten uh, slower, <laughs> but I think in a good way. Like, I just don't try to do as much in a way that I think is actually nice. So I'll, I'll be, you know... Like today, I was getting ready to do this podcast, and I was at a diner eating breakfast, and I was like, oh, I just don't have time to do these things. And I was like, well, yeah, but I also got up at nine. <laughs> like, what if I just gotten up like an adult? I could have gotten a couple more things done. Nine sounds early. <laughs> <laughs> so I've, d I've definitely gotten a little softer or something. I think healthier, though. Uh, I think like I, I think I've allowed more space in my life, time-wise mm -hmm. and space-wise, and I think the West Coast encourages that. And lots, of, and lots of East Coast people, I think, like it for that reason. Like what? The West Coast. Like, you oh, come right, out and yeah. you chill out. Yeah. Slow down, yeah. and it's nice. My friend just moved here from Brooklyn, like, literally a week ago, and he yeah. had to take a lift from Studio City to Atwater. And when yeah. he got in the lift, the guy said, uh, you know, time isn't real. <laughs> and my friend was like, so am I going to – what time am I, are we going to yeah, get yeah, yeah. <laughs> to the bar? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I feel like someone says that to me. Almost once a week, someone will say, you know, well, it doesn't matter because time's not real and money's not real. Like, I feel like <laughs> people say that to me constantly. Yeah. And they're also broke. My cynical East Coast thing that I won't let go of, I maybe have mentioned this to you, is that I think that, uh, like, I, I try to appreciate all the things that East Coasters like to make fun of L.A. for. I, I like all those things. I don't like making fun of them. I like being slow. I like that you can see stupid people and they're, they're not bothered <laughs> and like hippie things and, you know, Lyft drivers telling you time isn't real. The thing I won't let go of is that the cashiers are baffled. Like LA cashiers are so bad at cash registers. That's the one thing I won't let go of. And I think most- Like they've never used one before? I've, I've never, never seen an LA cashier who knows how to use a cash register. They're all perpetually confused by the machine. You walk up to the front Which of the line. Which is because they're actors. And they, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. They look at you, they say, what's up? And then they look down and their face just goes like, 
their eyes like widen and they like can't remember how anything works every time. And I think something like time isn't real is a, a lot of those mystical asides are defensive cashiers who are trying to explain why they can't run the cash register. Like that's a high percentage of people saying trippy philosophical stuff is a cashier who's actually mad that they don't know where the button is for latte. They have forgotten. And they'll say something like, well, you know, it's like you make your own story or whatever. Right, 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 right. right. And it's like, dude, you just don't know. I'm just confused right now. It's all right. <laughs> so when you did that, when you did Tarot on our podcast, I, I, I loved it. I mean, I the fun thing about listening to somebody talk about something they love is you can sort of see it through their eyes like pretty easily you know you can like let go of your own associations and just sort of feel it oh like this person is really like nurtured by this you know or they, they're like they're really excited and they they're um about tarot itself tarot you know mm-hmm. um it'd be like oh yeah ariana's like really engaged and like excited and she's like protective of it and doesn't want to she wants to be she wants to be an ambassador for it but she also is careful about who she's being an ambassador to because she doesn't want someone to be rude to it kind of you were sympathetic that you were presenting it to two hosts who maybe didn't know it so well you you were you were disarming you were like okay i know like uh, you you were anticipating skeptical arguments a little bit in a nice yeah. way i think i normally do because I think I'm skeptical myself. Like you were a pragmatic describer of it. Yeah, that's Not, something. You, you, it wasn't like a religious fervor where you were denying all discussion. You were like, all right, let's talk about it. This is what I feel about it. And this is what I imagine somebody might think. Yeah. That's, that's what I remember that talk being like. I think that's one of my least favorite things when people feel blocked off from it or something or think that somehow it won't work for them or They've just decided that it won't work or whatever. Or they're they feel isolated f- from because it's you know it's mysterious sort of, mm-hmm. and think maybe that those mysteries aren't for them or something like that. Yeah, that's no that's no good. Um, I was going to ask you one more thing about East Coast West Coast differences. Yeah. Do you think that romance is different on the East Coast and on the West Coast? Uh, well, it's hard for me to answer because I've changed so much that I think like my own relationship to romance was way bigger coefficient than the coasts. I think, okay, my first instinct answer is that just like I'm comparing New York City to LA and New York City, of course, is a different entity than like New England or Boston or something, right? Or even like Delaware or Maryland, like New York City is East Coast, but it is like a real heightened, pronounced version of something. So I have to qualify. This is New mm-hmm. York City. I guess um, East Coast and New York in particular was like um, transactional and like biz- all business and kind of fast and a little mean. Like people seem to have a lot of partners kind of quick and would change their minds fast because there's always more options. And um, it can make you callous, I think. Like Carrie Bradshaw. Like, yeah, right. That's exactly right. LA has some of that too because it's a big city and like people have trouble meeting each other. So yeah, the main thing I think in New York, you can meet people pretty easily. You're running into people all the time. And so there's lots of contexts where even if you do like an online dating thing, to go to a coffee shop and meet somebody is not such a foreign activity at all. 
But in LA, it, everyone feels more separated and it does seem harder to just like meet people. And everybody seemed coupled up all, more often out here. There just seemed to be more single people in New York all over the place of all ages. That seems less true here. People are more domesticated, it seems. That's interesting. It's, it feels that way. Maybe that might actually be true, but you know, I would just run into single people all the time, my age or, or younger everywhere. And uh, in LA, it's like, oh, everybody's married or partnered up and kind of settled into their homes and cooking for themselves and not going out. I'm literally like having a singles mixer at my house. Oh, okay, yeah. So I mean, it could just be my own experience, like. <laughs> no, but I, but I, but I, I feel similarly. Well, sometimes I am disappointed that people are in relationships. I'm like, that yeah. seems kind of boring. Yeah. But maybe it's also nice. You're doing a singles mixer. Yeah, I'm just gonna have people come over to my house today and hang out uh -huh. in honor of Valentine's Day. I think so. Yeah. I mean, yes, right. It's on Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't. I don't know. I'm doing weird things to. I mean, like, I might as. I mean, like, it's. I mean, even if you didn't do it on purpose, it is now for Valentine's Day. Like, well, I also. I you mean, couldn't have like a gift exchange on Christmas and say it wasn't about Christmas, right? Like, you're just being defiant at some point. I mean, I. I think I'm already being defiant. I mean, I should say it's Valentine's Day, and you and I used to date. That's right. And That's right. It's that's that in itself is strange to read your tarot on Valentine's Day. Yeah, we didn't pick this day originally. Like we uh, had a different day two weeks ago that got bumped, and we were going to go yesterday. So the fates of the fates have set this up. This is not so us. What's that? What does it mean? That's just kind of nice. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's nice that somebody I dated is reading my tarot on Valentine's Day. I don't think that's so bad. <laughs> I think it's kind of like an informed reader. I mm -hmm. don't know. Uh, yeah, I think it's funny. Um, I wonder if I can be impartial. I think I can be. You probably can be as much as you ever can, right? Like, isn't it always a struggle to sort be out your, I mean, you, you carry with you a point of view no matter what you do, right? You can't like, you're never totally divorced from anything you. Yeah, that, yeah, I think that's true. So it's just like, it's in there for whatever reason. Like, even if we were total well, strangers, right? You'd be having preconceived notions about me just based on how I talk or how I look or something. And that would influence you. Right. Like, it's impossible to not be. But what if I Sweet. subtly want to guide you towards something that I've long wanted to guide you towards and never um, said out loud? Okay, I think <laughs> if you did that too much, it would make your reading inauthentic, and I right. wouldn't, I wouldn't remember it. It mm -hmm. just would bounce off me. I, okay, you know, it's like a movie that isn't that is forcing it. You forget those movies. That's funny. I don't, I don't think it's damaging. You know, I think it's like, just do your best, and it's okay. Um. Do you know what it is that you're going to be thinking about? When no, we do? God, I haven't thought about it until now. Is that what I have to do? Yeah, you have to think about something that you want guidance about. Jeez. And you're, I have to tell you? Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. You have something? Yeah, mind? yeah. It's going to – I'm – well, can I – run it by you? Sure. Yeah. I think we should talk about it. Well, I'm dating somebody now and I'd like to think about that relationship. What? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Is that too weird? I think that'd yes. be kind of rad. <laughs> no, no, do I something think, else? Uh, we could do it. You would have to tell her I later. Could, I could broaden it to like just intimacy in general in okay, my life. I like that. Because I think about it like with all aspects, like am I being close with my brother? I mean, I am close with my mm -hmm. brother, but how's that relationship going? Mm -hmm. um, friends, you know, am I like, am I actually calling up my friends and making time for them? Or is it, do I only see them when I need something, you know? I'll catch myself being real task oriented about all my friendships. 
and not tending to them. But then there'll be times that I'm like, oh yeah, I have to like invite so-and-so out to lunch. Like, I have to like pay attention to this person. I have to like pick who I'm investing my time in. And so that could, that could be everybody, including the person I'm dating and, and mm-hmm. friends and all that stuff. So just intimacy. Intimacy and like and how am I time management caring of- for the people in my life on a personal level, mm-hmm. all right? As opposed to career stuff. I'm not, not that. Okay. I mean, maybe it overlaps, but I'm focusing on I think on it the, does overlap. But I'm focusing on personal relationships for the sake of having people in your life that you know. Yes. Do you think that – I have one more question and then we'll read your tarot. Okay. Do you think that when you say like an overlap with personal and career relationships, have you noticed that since you've moved here that they seem to be – that they seem to blend together? Um, do, you, do you think that it's okay to just like working with somebody but not be their friend? I've just – it's never happened that way. Like the only career opportunities I've ever had have been people that I was already friends with. So it's kind of blunt. So the boundaries. Yeah, it's like I just never had an experience where it was a stranger. Mm -hmm. You know, there'll be strangers involved because of it that I meet. But I'm if I get a job acting or writing or even auditioning, I almost always know somebody Hmm. on some level. So I've never had I've never had one where there wasn't like a friendship somewhere along the line. I don't know. That's you know. How it's been. That's pretty typical, I think. Yeah. Okay, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to read the tarot of Will Hines. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Welcome back to What's Your Deal? Mm-hmm. We are going to read tarot for Will Hines. We're talking about intimacy. We're, talk- we're going to read for intimacy. Yeah. With the caveat that Will and I were intimate partners. <laughs> yeah. And it could get interesting. Yeah. Okay. So uh, what I'm going to have you do is shuffle the cards and yes. think about something that you want guidance about. Okay. And you can, if anything comes up, you can say it out loud. Okay. Um, but just shuffle until. Okay. I'm going to think about what I want to uh, guidance on. I'm shuffling and I'm thinking about it. And I'm thinking about the people in my life. Are we like being open, things like that? Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking about priorities, like, Mm -hmm. okay. With your left hand, cut the deck into three separate piles. Okay. And also with your left hand, put them back together in any order that you choose. Okay. Okay, I'm going to say a brief prayer over the cards. Okay. Okay, now we're pulling our Celtic cross. Oh, and we already have love right in the center. 
Mm. Connection is already right in the mm. center, <laughs> which is very interesting. Ooh, and the moon has come up. Okay, I'm just finishing up the spread. Mm-hmm. Sorry, mm-hmm. I'm no, not at all. Okay. So interesting. Okay. Um, this is an interesting spread. We do have the card, literally the card for connection and love and intimacy is right in the middle. Nice. <laughs> uh, and it is crossing the reversed eight of pentacles. So there is, um, so that's, that's interesting to me. So this card, when it's upright, the eight of pentacles shows yeah. a man who's hard at work. Uh, he's already made six pentacles, these mm-hmm. circular yellow coins, basically. Mm-hmm. And he's hard at work on his seventh one, and there's another one coming his way. Um, and this is usually what you see when you are hard at work and you're super focused. And yeah, you, it's like that's definitely true right now in my life. Yeah. And when it's reversed, it's almost like. Is it reversed? It, it came up reversed. Okay. So it sort of seems like it was. Um, the, for this to be at the harder matter would be like, am I working too hard? Like, am I yeah, too? like what's just happening now is like I'm finishing lots of stuff. Like lots of projects are bearing fruit right yeah. now. And I'm in this phase of they're kind of getting done and I'm sort of thinking about what to do next. Kind yes, of. I think that's a that's exactly what's going on. And then crossing it is two people who are uh, clinking their cups together. Okay, two um, of cups. They, the Two of Cups, this is the card of connection mm. and love and intimacy. Wow. And the thing that's kind of cool about the, and they're, sh- they're sharing their cups, and cups always is about emotions and love. Mm. Um, but it's also about any kind of connection, whether it doesn't have to be to a person. It can also be like to an idea, or it can be to a group. It's just yeah. anything where you choose connection over control, basically, which usually is like loving and nice. Um, it's always a card that's like, there's no reason to do things on your own right now. Like it's better to connect. Um, so for these two things to be at the heart of the matter is very much like, I mean, it's literally what you just said. I'm finishing up all these projects now. I think maybe I have, uh, the possibility to really feel these like heart centric relationships. Yes. Um, the high. The Hierophant reversed, and like this is sort of unfair because I do know you, okay. <laughs> but the Hierophant reversed is like doing things in a non-conventional way. Okay. Like when it's upright, this is very much about following a path that's laying out for you. Right, okay. And when it's reversed, it's like, no, fuck that. I'm going to do things like <laughs> however the fuck I want to do it. <laughs> yeah, right, right. And I think that's been the way you've yes, lived your life. Yes, that's how I always do it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, you know, the, the, the normal way is seems wrong to me a lot. I don't know what to say. It I seems mean, foolish. There's, there's really no other way to – that's like the perfect way. The normal way is wrong. Like that's basically <laughs> like that's what the higher front means. <laughs> um, however, I can see how that – usually this past card indicates your foundation for how you got to this, to the present moment. Right. So, yes, maybe the normal way was wrong, but it also gives a question in your mind of am I doing this right? You know what I mean? Is my way right? Is it time to switch it up? Yeah. Uh, Or even like, um, uh, do I know what I'm doing? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, well, I didn't follow the prescribed way. How do I, I mean, because I didn't want to because it was bullshit. But now how do I know that what I'm doing is, there's there's no precedent. So, you know what I mean? It's true. I often feel very much in uncharted waters. Yes. 
which is, I think, part of. I look the, back at the way I lived my 30s and early 40s, and it was just crazy. I mean, I, yeah. I, I like it too, but I'm stunned at my own uh, recklessness sometimes in terms of like eschewing day jobs and marriages and just like really being a C most of the time. Yeah, which um, I think comes part and parcel with being a little bit rebellious about how you decide to live. Yeah, yeah. Um, in the in the conscious position, which is what you kind of already know and are aware of, the reverse seven of pentacles. So this is kind of interesting to see. So this might be something where you're saying, oh, Hmm, I have to I have to think about how I want to frame this. When this is upright, this is about looking back at your past like material accomplishments. Okay. So it's stuff you can like it's like looking at your resume. Okay. Essentially. When it's reversed, it's sort of like not doing that. Like for some reason, like not looking back on your past stuff as you're moving forward. It's kind of, which is hmm. interesting. It's yeah, like Yeah, one of that's like not learning lessons or um, defiantly not worrying about it like turning I have been trying I have been trying very consciously to um be more forward looking Mm -hmm. I mean I know that like ideally or I don't I don't mean I know that but I it seems like the best way to be healthy is to be present right to not be like regretting your past or anxious about the future Mm -hmm. but I skew very hard to like regretting the past and like revisiting old things Mm -hmm. that's like my natural way Mm -hmm. so Sometimes to counteract that, I will become future-oriented, mm-hmm. not in not in the name of being anxious about stuff I can't control, but just like, oh, hope for something, you mm-hmm. know? Be confident to, like, envision a, fu- a future. Like, have mm-hmm. faith in yourself to have a, a, a vision of what you might want. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you don't have to hold on to it too tightly and be ready to adjust, but, like, don't be scared to, like, want something. Mm-hmm. Um, so future-oriented. So, like, in that realm... In that context, I will very deliberately try to not look back mm-hmm. in, in, or, in order to break a habit. Yes. I think that's exactly what this is okay. about. That's rad. Um, that's, this is the conscious position. So this is the unconscious position. This is more latent. Um, these are somewhat reflective. They're both sevens, right? Here's the seven of pentacles versus the seven of swords. In and the it's unconscious upright. position? This is an unconscious position. This is seen as what's latent sometimes uh-huh. and yet still might be the root. Mm-hmm. And I think what's interesting about this card is it often talks about wanting to be a lone wolf is a lot of times what this card looks like. Um, and swords always indicate the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and the more swords, the more problems a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah, thinking um, too much. You're thinking too much, not not you in particular, just like that's the, that's the one about. is thinking too much. Um, something that's also interesting with this card is this is someone who has decided that they are going to think their way out of, they, they have a solution that they're going to think their way out of. But as you can see, this guy's like trying to run away and he's holding the swords by their blades. Right, right. <laughs> so obviously it's a bad idea. It's a bad idea, idea yeah. So um, this is a card that can come up when you kind of don't, Sometimes it can be about trust issues. It can be like not trusting other people to work with you. It can be about wanting to do things um, your way in a way that's like sometimes cutting corners a little bit. Yeah. Or procrastinating in some ways. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mostly coming from the notion of like, look, I'm just going to do it myself, which is like interesting because that's 
anti-intimacy, <laughs> basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's some there's something. It's not even just okay. I'm not going to look at my past. It doesn't matter. I'm moving forward into the future. It's sort of like I'll I'll figure. Out, I'm going to figure out a way to be intimate with others and also still be on my own. <laughs> and that's I think like the that's like the deepest yeah. the deepest thing going on. I think, and I'm not quite sure what it means. I might just, I mean, I think it's just what I've said. Like, that's just kind of a voice that's more deep down. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, it you're moving into the future position of the moon. And okay. I, th I like this, I like this um, as a comment on what it's like to work with intimacy. The moon is a very mysterious card. A lot of times when this comes up, you kind of are bewildered. Like, there's... it speaks to like a bewildering experience the moon of of course in real life is it lights up the night but it's really lit by the sun right so it's an illusion really so there are many uh and it can be a little spooky and scary um the f picture of the card has a crawfish that's like coming out of the water and there's a dog and a wolf that are fighting with each other mm -hmm. and there's a path leading into the unknown and the moon looks like it's dripping little bits of like itself down onto the earth um and when this card comes up um you can start to experience very interesting and magical experiences but also somewhat scary and confusing and usually when this card comes up it means that you are entering a whole new land that is more about allowing these unconscious things to emerge and to not be spooked by them. Like to not be spooked by your own feelings and to not be spooked by your own um, visions, if that makes sense. Yeah. As you slowly are uh, um, letting yourself become closer and closer with people. Right. Um, and any fears that come up of abandonment or of being overwhelmed or anything like that. Um, and normally the advice I give with this card is to just move inc incredibly slowly. Like you really have to go slowly when you're in the moonlight. It's like very romantic, but sometimes things aren't quite what they seem. Mm -hmm. And it's important to really take time to uh, not, um, to take time to just carefully look at everything without judgment. Does that make sense? Yes. Sort of for this. Um, and <laughs> this it can be a frustrating card like whenever this card comes up it's such a sense of like look i just have to accept that i don't know what's going on <laughs> yeah. i don't know enough yet like i just yeah. don't have enough info about myself or about the other person or about anything i kind of just have to wander and see what happens yeah and it's frightening um but it looks like you have help here <laughs> this is where what do we call that part of the spread the this four is the staff okay and it's funny because it's supposed to be sort of like feminine and masculine. Like here's the vagina and here's the dick. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the first six cards are laid out in a sort of like circular uh, design yeah. that has an in, like a central ca chasm. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's the staff that's right. here to support you basically. Okay. Here is the card that represents you. This is the two of pentacles. Okay. And it's a positive card. It's a card of... Um, this, there's a clown that's juggling two pentacles. Yeah. Um, and pentacles always indicates material force. So a lot of times when this card comes up, it's people who are 
kind of like you, like freelancing and working a lot of different jobs, but also yeah. like having a good time while you're doing it. Yes, that's true. So you're having you're in a good place to experiment with new emotional landscapes because you're you're handling your material world in a fun way. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like you're you're going with the flow. Mm -hmm. You're being supple mm -hmm. in your mm -hmm. material world. Hmm. So it's that that causes that lets some energy move around in different okay. ways yeah, in I a see that. way. And having fun basically. All right. You see these ships are like rolling and rollicking on the seas. Yes. And they're handling it well. So it's just like you're able right you're now enjoying to enjoying the rides. Yes, you're okay. enjoying the ride at this time, which is awesome. The um in the environment is the Page of Swords. So this is interesting to see. So this shows me that this is usually the position where you don't have a mu much influence over this, but it's still affecting you. So it's like stuff that is not your fault, but it is your problem, if that makes sense. Yeah, okay. And usually this does indicate other people in your life. Page of Swords, um, all pages are deliver messages of some kind. And swords again is uh, about the mind, and uh, is swords is definitely the suit of challenges. So mm. nobody means to do you any harm, but you may be very annoyed by people. I think is like the yeah. It's kind of like what that card often indicates, which can go along with the seven of swords being like, I'm just going to do things myself. I'm going to take all the swords and do things myself. This page shows that um, a lot of time. I think you're aware that. Things can, the nitty gritty of any kind of relationship can be frustrating. Um, right. And a bit of like, uh, a bit ch challenging when it comes to like mental force and like working out the story of the relationship together. It's like kind of a lot of work for what? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is a light, you know, it's a lighthearted energy. It's just like somewhat annoying. But this is not a threat if that makes sense. Yeah, it's not personal. No, it's not personal. It's just like, it's like it's just chores. The world. It's just the world. Yeah. You know, maybe the question is almost like, why do people feel like chores? Like that's what this is sort of like, when that comes up. Okay. So this represents your hopes and fears. The this, next card. Mm -hmm. And I usually think of this as the advice card of the deck to go along with the moon. So okay. if you're entering this energy, this kind of more mysterious, bewildering energy. Right, the moon card. The moon card. The page of wands comes along to guide you a little bit. This okay. reminds me of Link or something. <laughs> this is, he's a little guy wearing a little feather in his cap and he's holding his wand and he has his little, little yellow boots on. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is like the car. Uh, if this page of swords delivers challenges, this is like, this delivers messages of the suit of wands, which is about fire and action and movement and boldness and being original and really being okay with j leaping before you look, essentially. So- okay. um, Wait, what are wands in general? Wands are fire energy. They are active oh, okay. movement. Um, it's the first wand card. It's the first wand card and it's the youngest wand card. It's like the fountain of youth essentially. Mm, so mm. this is very much like, this is what I see as, when I think about this with the moon, um, letting this guy whisper in your ear to do things that you might not otherwise do essentially. So it's like hopes along with that and fears along with that. And it's basically just like declaring passion for something, like right. allowing yourself to feel deep, uh, almost consuming passion. Okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Youthful, uh, 
yeah energy youthful energy the thing that's interesting with this guy is like he should inspire you but he's not a leader it's too young of a card essentially okay yeah so there's sort of like a need to help mold this um type of energy energy yeah. i think what this could also indicate is this could be you at a much younger age too yeah like knowing that this is this is your you know this is gonna sound super la but like your inner child essentially yeah is the one that you're trying to help lead through the moon does that I make see. sense it's almost this is this is the story that i'm telling myself about this you have to wander through the bewildering landscape of the moon to go rescue this little page who's okay. like lost and wandering around and needs help that's okay. what it's that's what it sort of <laughs> seems like it's like going and rescuing him does that make sense i do i love it because <laughs> right. um, he needs help uh, so the overall outcome is reverse death. So this, uh, hmm, reverse death. So this is the comment on the entire spread. Death when it's upright is total change. It's like sweeping and exorable change that you just can't stop. And when this card comes up for me, I'm relieved. I'm like, oh, never going to have to do that again. <laughs> like it's like everything that doesn't. Right. Ironic because it's such a scary image. It is a scary image. And people are all dealing with death. There's figures that are dealing with it all in certain ways. Like the priest is praying and the child is fainting and some people are swooning and some people are trying to plead. Um, some people are just accepting it. Um, but for me, at least when I've read this and so many times, this always I always love this card because it's just like, oh, the cycle has ended, like I never have to do that again. Right. So when it's reversed, I would say um, that there might be, because you haven't like started this process yet of wandering, yeah. it's like putting it off. This is like the calm before the storm, I oh, okay. would say. Maybe okay. not even storm. It's just like- Period of great change. The period, yeah, yeah. A little bit of like trying to put up things in front of the door before this period of great change that ultimately would be for the best, I think. Roger that. Although I a little- I wouldn't make great change. Does that make sense? And this is interesting because I think with the death card, the sun is rising through here. Yeah, it looks like it. Which is really, or setting. Yeah. But it's so interesting. I've never noticed that that's there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I noticed the sun was setting, but I never noticed that it was reflecting. But that's just the, the artist's rendition of it, right? That's not on every single death card, probably. Um, I, I don't know. Yeah. I'd have to look. Because aren't there different like visual interpretations of the cards depending yeah. on like what set you get and stuff? Yes. This is the writer. This is the writer weight. This is the one that Pamela this Coleman the, Smith designed. Yeah. This is the This, this is, is the, the classic tarot yeah. deck that you picture when you picture a tarot yes. deck. Yes. But what I would say for this is that with death, there is some notion that this time is past. This, this, um the sun is setting on the idea that just your conscious self is the only thing that exists or something like that. And that cool. really there's maybe more than just It's fun that it's in there. Us. I think that's amazing that you caught that because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't notice it. And they're clearly the same Yeah, yeah, it's pillars. the same image, yeah. Yeah, it's fun. I like it, Ariana. Well, thank you so much. Is there anything else you have a question about? Um, yeah. Okay. How's it been doing this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> how have you, how has it changed your relationship to Tara doing this for people like while being recorded and stuff? Uh, scary. <laughs> <laughs> Confusing and frightening. I, I would think it's weird being watched while you're doing it. You know, it's like, 
I mean, you have to learn again how to do it. Uh, hmm. How does it feel? Because before you're normally you're giving a reading, right? You're sort of focused on the person you're doing the reading for. Uh huh. But now you're doing that, and part of your brain is like, oh, there's people listening or whatever, you know? Yeah, it feels it feels good. It feels yeah. It feels um like giving a TED talk. Does that make sense? Yeah, and um, it's good to imagine a sympathetic audience too. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Tarot usually brings about like niceness. Like people when they talk about tarot get very like nice and understanding, you know. They're not too harsh. Usually. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I I mean the people who are really skeptical about it don't talk about it that long. They like move on. Mm-hmm. They're like not, you know, they just leave it alone. Um Yeah, it's really nice. I do love the art on this particular deck. It's so pretty. What's the name of the woman who did it? Her name is Pamela Coleman Smith. She really did it great. I would love if you started reading tarot and then solely overtook me as, like, <laughs> the tarot reader of Los Angeles. You have no fear. Of that ha- <laughs> that will not happen. <laughs> We'd have to live another couple hundred years before I rolled around to this <laughs> catching me, I think. It's, it's um, I'm almost, I you know, the, the, the night before I moved to Los Angeles, somebody read my tarot in New York at a... At uh, McManus Pub, which is like the pub where all the UC, the Upright Citizens Brigade New York people hung out for a long time. And uh, he's like, oh, you want me to read your tarot about moving to L.A.? I was like, yeah, yeah. And it was like a really like downer read for whatever reason. Like oh. it was lots of like bad omens or something. I don't remember exactly what it was. But it didn't rattle me. I was kind of like, well, I mean, I'm sure there is like – it's a big change. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be good and bad. And so this read is, you know, articulating the bad part of it. That doesn't – to me that didn't right, – he like he like apologized to me. He's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry <laughs> that I did that. And well, I was like, it's all right, man. It's like it doesn't – I don't – I have enough faith in my own agency that it's like – not that I don't think bad things could happen or I don't have things to learn, but it – it's like, well, it's just this is just showing an aspect of what's going forward. It, it's impossible to show the whole complexity of everything. So that that cynicism protects me from being too rattled, and it would also protect me from being a good what you're oh, doing. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. What I take away from that story is fuck the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like, well, of course it's negative. You know, we're <laughs> sitting here at you know one in the morning in a bar. <laughs> well, thank we you all so should be home. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's okay. I was done. I appreciate you coming out here and getting your cards read by your ex on Valentine's Day. That's very sweet. I <laughs> I like that you um, trusted me enough to do it. Is there anything that you want to plug or where people can find you anywhere? Just be nice to your exes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> try not to get defensive when you want to get defensive. Um, <laughs> That's what you're plugging? Yeah, I'm plugging... <laughs> I, that's what I, you know what? I should make people do that. I yeah. should have them plug their actual, like, whatever. I had somebody uh, criticize me on social media recently in a, in, a, in a very not that pointed way. Like, they were not putting a ton of weight on it, but it really hit me. You know, I was, like, mad. And I had to, like, take a bunch of breaths and just be like – and the reason I was mad was I agreed with it partly, you know? Probably more than they even meant it. And I had to like – I knew myself well enough to be like, do not answer this for at least 24 hours, <laughs> maybe more, until you like cool off because like it's all just pride right now. 
and once you settle down, you'll decide if you need to say anything or not. And then after like a day and a half, I didn't feel like I had to say anything. I was like, they're not even thinking about it. Like it doesn't even matter. Great that's plug. My, that's my plug. Yeah, great plug. This has been What's Your Deal? Thank you so much, Will Hines, for coming on. Please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll see you next time.